Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Football Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina, and I'm happy to be here for another week talking some New Hampshire high school football with you. Uh, and once again, alongside me this week, back from the IR, uh, we've got <laughs> former Sauhegan coach Mike Lockman. Mike, thanks, uh, thanks for joining us again, and welcome back. It feels good to be back. I, I missed you guys last week, but uh, Coach Jackson from Merrimack filled in adequately. <laughs> <laughs> with some very insightful yeah. commentary yeah. so <laughs> uh, glad you are back glad you're feeling better absolutely uh just let me just say before we get started i wanted to remind everyone uh we'll be recording the show this season on tuesdays at six at riverside barbecue in nashua you can be a part of the show by emailing us at nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com with any questions you might have that you want us to answer or at least attempt to answer uh, or you can come on down and listen to us live uh, the show is available every Wednesday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com and also on iTunes. Coach, what do you want to start with this week? We got a lot to a lot to cover. I think uh, maybe maybe just jump right into Division One. Yeah, and, and a lot of good games um, happening in Division One this week. One thing, I, and and I asked, I actually asked um, Kip Jackson last week this question. I want to ask you too. Uh, now, and it maybe is a little easier to answer now that we're we're two weeks into this. Uh, what surprised you maybe the most? Uh, if you look when you look at division one I'll tell you if you're talking strictly about games um, I, Well, there's two things. I think I'm I'm surprised despite the fact that uh, I think they drew two very difficult opponents that south is 0-2 I think south is still a very good football team I'd, um, I'd agree with that, but I'd obviously yeah. I think Pinkerton and Salem are as advertised extremely good And I think they had a tough draw uh, weeks one and two, but I think so that's a surprise, and I think second biggest surprise, probably the most entertaining one, was what happened uh, between Manchester Memorial and Manchester <laughs> Central on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, may not, maybe not have been a surprise to the Memorial kids who, who obviously came in with a great attitude and, and believing that they could win because you don't, you don't get in that kind of fight without having a right. great week of practice yep. and having confidence in yourself. But um, Central, a very talented team, not a whole lot expected from Memorial this year, and what a game! I, it, it, yeah, it looked like um, I was following along on Twitter. I was up in uh, up in Meredith for Campbell Interlakes, uh, and on my way back for some of it, uh, checking tweets at red lights and yeah. you know that kind of thing. Um, and I, I got I ended up getting home I think around half what was halftime about that of that game, and uh, stayed glued to my phone you know wh while I'm watching some college football. Yeah, because um, I wanted to see what was going on. It just sounded like it was uh, kind of epic. I mean, yeah. just the, the the way it went back and forth, uh, and and you got to figure the way it started too. With I think Memorial fumbles the opening kickoff and Central scores and then scores again, and it's thirteen nothing. And uh, you know, could have been game Yeah, over. it could have been yeah. game. Well, probably. I I know I thought that I saw that and I expected it to to maybe be uh, a Central blowout. But so yeah, give uh, Memorial kids a lot of credit for hanging in there, not just coming back, but taking the lead and a couple of times over the course of that game. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough, I'm sure it's a tough pill to swallow because the players and the coaching staff could feel the win, right? You know right. how close yeah. you are and and, and, uh, and and so it's a little bit of a of a consolation prize to say, well, we played yeah. well, we lost. But but if you think about what the expectations for that game probably were across the state and, and what they were able to accomplish, Memorial should feel really good about that, and hopefully that propels them to have a, a, a really good remainder of their season. And, and, of course, I mean, they're a team that, that's been, I want to say, I know they went winless last year. It might have the year before, too. So it's been a little while since they've been able to 
to kind of feel that. You got to think that it's going to make them hungrier, uh, you know, to get one yeah. um, coming up and realize what you're capable of and uh, and 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 get to work. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I want I know you talk about that first point that you mentioned that you know surprise being uh, Nashua South how they've opened this season at at zero and two something that that yeah maybe in hindsight could have seen coming um, you know I knew that first game against Salem was going to be a tough one um, you know given what both teams were bringing back uh, I think we mentioned this the first week that you know here we are talking about a preview for Division One and neither one of us mentioned Pinkerton at right. that point and I'm wondering how. Is it on us for <laughs> for <laughs> overlooking them, or is it a little bit, you know, maybe n- with no noise coming out of Derry, uh, that that we were all uh, they pulled the curtain down and didn't let any of us? Because I don't think I read anything really anywhere yeah, about Pinkerton. They weren't they weren't at the Queen City Jamboree, um, which they had been in years past, so they didn't have a chance to sort of show off publicly what they what they had. Um, and, and like you said, yeah, not a lot of not a lot of press coming out of. Pinkerton not a lot of chest thumping and and didn't have a, a classic Pinkerton year last year right. so easy to overlook and say oh geez maybe there, there's there were so many talented teams to talk about in D1 that you, you could kind of forget about them a little bit well I don't think anybody's forgetting about them now you no, they no. they've got a stable of offensive players to go to um, they're they're a very comfortable 2-0 and I think at one point um, before Nashua South scored, it was, I forget what the run was, but it was like a 70-something to yeah, nothing run I that they were on. it was like three quarters almost, yeah. three full quarter or into that second game. Yeah. Playing good defense. They've got great backs. Um, forget the young man's name that we mentioned earlier, but they have uh, Fast, number nine, who that one sticks out to me because I still remember Ralph Fast, who also wore number nine <laughs> on the 1991 championship team because mm-hmm. I played. Yeah against them in the <laughs> championship <laughs> game. So I don't know. what There must be a relationship there. Yeah, yeah. Um, who, who had a great game a, as a fullback and a halfback. I, I forget the other. Uh, we've got the, the Hicks brothers on Hicks that brothers, team, too. Right. Ty and uh, um, we'll get to it. Terrell Hicks. Yeah. Uh, they're just – there's so many of them. I, I, it's almost – they're almost a little like um, some of these Exeter teams from the last couple of years where there's just four or five kids – Maybe six that just they all kind of contribute. contribute and, in a sense, are almost like a no-name kind of running back by committee sort of thing. Just because they're all that talented, and, yeah. and it could be any guy that gets the ball, and and, it, and that's pretty tough to defend. And what I saw was they had a good mix of sort of inside grinders, guys like Fast, and I think one of the one of the two Hicks brothers, and then there was another another one of the two Hicks brothers, if I remember correctly, who great on the outside and they leverage they used him a little bit got some leverage out there and he right. reminded me a lot of uh the young man from salem uh, uh josh Sardana. josh sabanda sabanda yeah. thank yeah. you yeah, yeah who who uh who's got great speed to the outside yeah. i mean he had a couple runs that maybe weren't quite that electric but clearly he had that speed right so yeah. pinkerton definitely somebody <laughs> to, to be interested in going forward which um you know leads me to kind of to uh one of the bigger games this weekend you got saturday afternoon Pinkerton at Salem, yeah. uh, both teams two and zero. You know, th- and that one, that one could be a little bit mean a little bit more than maybe both of those teams beating South, um, because the winner of that game is probably going to have the inside track on that, you know, home playoff game yep. as the winner of uh, the w- the South Conference. Uh, you know, once playoff time rolls around, 
you know, so that's, I mean, I know it's early in the season, but it is something that I think you kind of have to keep in mind almost from week one is, is you know, tiebreakers and, and who, you know, matchups and all that. Uh, may, or maybe they don't, the teams don't think about it, sure. but, you know, uh, us on this side of the veil. Yeah, uh, trying to predict things. To, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, that's I, I would expect that that's going to be a pretty uh, pretty packed house this weekend. Yeah, I mean, and old old rivals going way back to Class L days, like I mentioned back in the 90s. I mean, Salem and Pinkerton, always a good matchup. Close rivals. Um, I think there's elements of the schools that, you know, s- maybe used to go to Pinkerton, now go to Salem, right. and things like that. I, I don't know whether that's true I anymore. I but I believe it's kind of one of those rival rivalry kind of weekends, too, where they schedule – you know some of the other sports. I believe field hockey's playing like that m- Saturday morning. Um, you know they probably mix soccer in with that too. Volleyball yeah. in, is in probably in there. Um, so you know it's one of those that they get. And I of course Pinkerton's big one is the following week against Londonderry, London the Mac Mac Plaque weekend, yep. um, which is an awesome event. It, right. We can talk more about that <laughs> next week, but that's a lot of fun. Um, so you know it's and of course Nashua's got that coming up too, north and south. Um, yeah. The battle of the bridge on next weekend as well with a bunch of other sports mixed in around that. Um, so you know they you know th- I don't know how long they've been doing stuff like this. Um, I know Nashua it's kind of a newer thing, with especially because the schools are so young. But it's a great, you know, great environment I think to to try to plan all these things around each other. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it makes the whole like a whole weekend, a whole day kind of thing. That Pinkerton Salem game is gonna be a lot of fun. Two um, very similar styles, offensively and defensively. They're both very similar. They're both wing T teams. Um, they both mix in a lot of talented running backs. The quarterbacks are good. Um, the Salem quarterbacks very good, but mm-hmm. again, as we They're talked not, about, but not, not featured, the focal points. Yeah, but can yeah, be if right, needed. And right. and I think Pinkerton's very similar. Um, if you're if you're kind of a a football nerd like me and you like like the x's and o's kind of stuff going and watching two of those wing t teams go at it is a lot of fun yeah. should be good and it's one of those where uh you know if everything's going right and they're running the ball as much as you expect them to we could be out of there in a, you know maybe an hour and a half right which i don't know about anyone else but i feel like the games that i've been at this year have just been uh really long yeah uh, really long games this year i think uh, between some of the matchups that you've gotten where you have a couple teams teams matched up that are that are more passing teams going against each other coupled with the early early year sort of penalties that happen when you're not right, quite yeah. in the rhythm yet uh, there's injuries been, uh, along that I've, i feel like there's been more of an emphasis there on on uniform infractions hmm. um i'm not i mean it's i think it's just they're including it in that kind of player safety uh, stuff. player sa- illegal procedure kind of calls though where you don't know specifically that it's a you know your shoulder pads hanging out yeah um but i'll tell you it it feels like it's it's every drive somebody's really? got something going on and, and it's uh it, it really breaks up the flow of a game um huh. yeah we used to take carpet tape when I was at <laughs> if any kid had a problem with that like, we would stick carpet tape on it and tape it down because i didn't want to <laughs> deal with it <laughs> i'm not getting a flag because yeah, your uniform, uniform isn't yeah. right um <laughs> You know, a couple of other big games this weekend between two and O teams. Um, of course, uh, oh, now I'm drawing a blank here. What else do we got going on this weekend? Uh, Merriman, um, well, uh, Londonderry and Nashua yeah. North um, yeah. on Friday night. That's a two 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 and O teams that you know what I I'd almost throw both of them in the surprise category. Absolutely. Um, certainly didn't expect either one. Uh, maybe North, you know, looking at they opened with Timberlane, which was unfortunately depleted with the loss of uh, Jacob Post's yeah. knee injury. 
Um, Londonderry, a, a bit of a kind of a surprise, I think, opening with um, BG and then Timberlane. Uh, you know, they just ran all over BG. It was kind of a yeah a very surprising outcome. Uh, but they're you know both two and zero playing this weekend. And it was easy to to call Londonderry out early because of the experience they had at the Jamboree, which right. I should have yeah. known better because <laughs> that was against Bedford, who's obviously uh, in a different class. And then to the Jamboree is interesting it's and is a lot of fun, but teams aren't game planning well, that, you know. I mean, it's hard right. to, it's hard to look at somebody there and say, oh, they're not going to be very good. Uh, and and Londonderry coach uh, Jimmy Lozon said after the BG game was. Um, Regretfully, he felt that, that he set his team up to fail in the jamboree by, you know, not playing everybody. Hmm. By ask, you know, they asked him who, oh, who do you want? And he said, ah, oh, you know what? Let's go with the, let's go with Bedford. Yeah. Um, Somebody's gonna play. Him. Yeah, somebody has. <laughs> okay, right. Uh, Good on you know. Coach for <laughs> stepping up. Yeah. Um, and then the, um, so we have Pinkerton Salem, uh, Derry National North. Yep. Uh, Exeter at Goffstown this uh, weekend. That's a, that's a, a, a great matchup there. Yeah. Um, two and O teams again. Rematch of the uh, 2015 championship game that, that yeah. uh, excuse me that Goffstown won um, to finish off their undefeated season. First time back together again since that. First since then, I think yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And I think it's the fourth time that the programs have ever played. Um, of course, we also like like to point out. Uh, that uh, Goffstown coach Justin Hoft is actually two and zero all time against Bill Ball in, uh, in perfect Exeter. record yeah, against Bill Ball. He's probably gonna can't you know, say that very. The often. next time I see him, it probably hit me for that. Yeah, but, I was you know, gonna say uh, he won't take. I do. I do that. have to make make mention of it just to just to <laughs> remind him. Um, and of course, uh, Bedford at Winnicott this weekend, yeah. uh, another matchup of two and zero teams that should be uh, an interesting one because I think, you know. Everybody's looking at Bedford as kind of that. Obviously, they're the defending champs, the team to, to beat, I think, a little bit, especially given the, the points that they've put up in these first two games. Um, but I think this is going to be their first real test um, yeah. based off what Winnicott has done over the first two weeks as well. Um, and then it also maybe tells us a little bit about the Warriors, about how real they are. Yeah, and that could be an interesting game because Winnicott Contrast and you know we talked about the similarity in styles at the Salem Pinkerton matchup. Contrast in styles with Winnicott Bedford and Winnicott, uh, uh, you know, more of a, like a, a very disciplined, ground-oriented triple option team. Bedford's a get athletes in space, spread them out, stretch the field kind of team. Two very different ways of moving the ball, but from Winnicott's standpoint, where you know, whereas I think that may have could have worked against Portsmouth last week, Portsmouth. Um, Portsmouth defense was was clearly just unfortunately outmatched against Bedford, and if Portsmouth was given the ball back very quickly to Bedford, that right. can go against oh, you. Yeah, Whereas if yeah. Winnicott may be able to control the clock a little bit with the with their ground game and running the option uh, and be efficient there, it could frustrate Bedford's offense a little bit. I mean, I, you know, it, it, I, I think Winnicott's approach is a little bit more sort of defense complementing the offense going into a team uh, like Bedford, whereas you may not have gotten that in Bedford's earlier matchups. Kind of what teams used to try to do to those Sowegan teams of the mid-2000s, kind of your def your offense is your best defense because it's just on the field and you're keeping the ball yeah. away from them. You, you can't give you know the ball they're to Steve yeah, and Sean yeah, Jellison. Yeah, try to keep it out of their hands by <laughs> holding on to it. Absolutely. Um, another, another interesting note about that game is um, that's a rematch of the – 
2012 Division II championship yep. game. Yep. Um, that when it, when it kind of won. And, and for Bedford, it's uh, I remember this from the last time we went through this cycle in 2014. You know, back-to-back weeks looking for revenge against um, – Portsmouth, who beat them in the D3 championship game in 11, and then this one uh, from from the D2 championship game in 12. Uh, they got their, they got those wins in 14, and so far they're, they're one out of two uh, so far this year. So a yeah. couple of... Uh, two cool games then, two championship game rematches. Yeah. Uh, when you're talking about Exeter, Goffstown, right. yep. and Winnicott yeah. Bedford, and, and both contrasting styles. Yeah. Because yep. Exeter, yeah. Goffstown... Very contrasting. Yeah, Goffstown wants to get up there, spread you out, yep. throw the ball around, run the ball, um, score quickly, run plays quickly, and then Exeter will be extremely will probably, methodical, yeah, very content, physical, yeah. content with 20-play, yeah. eight-minute drives. And yeah. play keep yeah. away and yeah. field position very yeah. well. Um, and then a game that I'll be at on Friday um, should be a pretty uh, interesting one just because of what we were saying about expectations and surprises is Nashua South at Merrimack. Uh, Merrimack, of course, off to the 2-0 and start. Yep. Uh, wins over uh, Keene and, and BG. And South, like we said, had that, that tough opening. Um, maybe, you know, maybe Merrimack not quite the level of those other two teams at this point, but still going to be a challenge for, for South. And, 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 you know, 0-3 would be a, a huge, huge hole to try yeah. to overcome. Yeah, you've got to hope that um, that South has has maintained their confidence in themselves, and that they know that you know hey, it was a rough first couple of games, and that's not the way that we plan things to start out. But you've got to be totally focused and red hot uh, in in terms of your preparation going into play Merrimack now, because an 0 three start. Um, for South would be tough, and 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 I think they're a better team than that. But on the flip side of that. You know, Merrimack has played better than I think a lot of people expected them to be because of the, the youth that they were coming in with. Right. And they've done a great job of featuring Daniil, um, which we kind of alluded to in our first show. It was Eichmann. kind of like, are they going to run him? Oh, Eichmann, Eichmann. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, right. Eichmann. Yeah, I guess He's that a little Daniil bit like was Daniil, but yeah, last year's yeah, stud. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, Eichmann. And thanks for correcting me. And, and, and they've done His, a great job of featuring the, him. The punt return last week, he looked a little bit like, uh, like Daniil like on Daniil. that return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and it looking, I did a little bit of research this week for something I'll be writing tomorrow on the site. Um, but a little hint of that is uh, starting 0-2, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to make the playoffs, but it doesn't look good. 0-3, um, it's happened once in the last four years. So yeah. you can you can check out more about that tomorrow at uh, nh-highschoolsports.com. Uh, let's uh, let's jump quickly here to uh, Division Two. Um, you know, because I feel like now with this the schedule being rearranged and some of the games that have been played here I almost feel like I you know it's it's been a whirlwind trying to keep up with who's where and you look at the yep. the standings and it's been a little you know I almost feel it's a little helter skelter with this just you know who's where of course you got um Bo Hanover and Plymouth in the north at 2 and 0 Wyndham St. Thomas Conville in the south at 2 and 0 uh Lebanon and Sauhegan who had a bye both had a bye last week at 1 and 0 um uh, you know, and, and then again, surprising outcomes. You got Milford down there at 0-2, which, yeah. uh, you know, again, two tougher games for them to open the season. But I, I don't know if I would have guessed that they'd have lost both of them. No, and and I I would say the same thing to my thoughts on Milford, as I said earlier about South, is that you've got to hope and believe that Milford Milford's players are gonna 
recover from that. You've got to figure that uh, your, your hope is that they, they keep the faith, they stick to what they do well and maintain their identity and continue to believe in what they do. Um, they've, they've got some winnable games out ahead of them, and if they can build some momentum up in the coming weeks, I think they have Pelham this week. Um, and I think Pelham's off to an 0-2 start. Pelham's one and got uh, one and one. Are they one and, and one? one and okay. One. Um, but that that's a team that Milford's never lost to, and uh, right. and then West the following week. Who uh, I don't know about. You know, back in the day when Milford was moving up and down between divisions one and two, um, but they haven't lost to West since the right. you know, realignment. Um, but you're right. Then after that, they get Sauhegan and St. Thomas. Right. Um, and then finish the year with Plymouth. So. So they've got a chance to pick up some momentum here and get back on the get back on the horse. They're a talented group, and and you know the flip side of that surprise was Conval, who who pulled out off the very difficult task. And I know this right is to go over into into their uh, into their house and beat them in an overtime situation. You know Milford's a team that's built for that kind of situation. Um, so hats off to Coach Landau and his crew um, for 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 getting that well deserved win, but. Conval, a great surprise at two and zero, and their their schedule lines up pretty well for them too. They've got Kingswood this week, and then Sanborn, both those games at home, and then they finish out a three game stretch at home with Hollis Brookline uh, in a game last year that was one of those epic kind of battles back and forth. Um, yep. Conval overcame injuries to the starting quarterback, I believe the starting running running back. back. Um, there may have been a lineman that got hurt in that game yep. too. Two of um, their ru- their top two running backs. Maybe were that's both what out, maybe I think, that's what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. Um, and Conval has had Hollis's number the last couple right, of years, even in years where yeah. Hollis maybe have had on paper a superior. I think team. there was a stretch where Conval over three years won two games, yeah. and those two games were both against Hollis Brookline. Yeah. And one of them was a year I think that they might have been a playoff team, even. Yeah. Um, so really, a just uh, an interesting kind of matchup. Actually, this week's game two for Conval with Kingswood. Has been one of those two where I, I believe Conval beat them last year and it was their first win against Kingswood in, you know, in a couple of years. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they're off to a great start. They and you know, kind of like you said, a surprise, bit of a surprise. Yeah. Probably a, a surprise to no one. Also at two and zero is uh, is Wyndham. Yeah. And you know their schedule is, um, you know, at Hillsborough, Deering, Hopkinton this week, which you know they're. A little younger this year, uh, second year as a varsity program. Yeah, they're uh, they're playing four or five freshmen on that roster, and they're playing well, but um, it's a tall order. Yeah, tough task yeah. To, to try to beat uh, beat Wyndham. Um, but then they get Sauhegan at St. Thomas, and then Lebanon over the next three game stretch. There, um, you know, those are are going to be tough games yeah. for them. Uh, and you know, despite the two and zero record, the points they put up, I just I there's something about this Wyndham team that, that I'm not. I, they're good, but I don't think they're as good as they have been. Um, yeah. The thing that surprised me the most, especially that first game against Hollis, was just the number of penalties. I want to say they had something like nine penalties in the first half of that game. Yeah, which is uncharacteristic for uncharacteristic, a Bill Raycraft yeah. coach team. And You know, I, I, my guess is they probably grew up quite a bit in the first part of that Milford game because my understanding of that was it was pretty much a slugfest um, defensively. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they were able to kind of refocus themselves – probably tactically and emotionally and they were able to move the ball a little bit better in the second half against against Milford and 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 sort of open it up a little bit so I think Wyndham's probably a younger team and or maybe less experience less experience yeah Yeah, that's probably not maybe not necessarily like yeah they they always seem to have seniors but they're maybe seniors that played 
behind other guys right. the last couple of years. Right. And so it's a it's one of those situations where now they're starting to get the feel for you know that full 48 minutes and what you've got to do to compete for that amount of time and the discipline needed. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they develop uh, through like what you said is they've got some tough opponents in a row coming up. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look at the north and, and like we said, you know, you got Hanover and Bo both at two and zero and both with you know winnable games this week with Bo playing at uh, at Guilford Belmont yeah. and then Hanover hosting Pembroke. Um, you know, it could be both teams move to three and zero likely. You know, John Stark has got a tough one with with Lebanon. Yeah. Um, you know, those are both teams that are uh, both with one win. Lebanon, of course, at one and zero, and then Plymouth. Um, Plymouth is hosting Laconia. Uh, you know, and they've got a big one coming up after that. Uh, you know, not that it w if there was a team that wasn't going to be looking ahead, it probably it would be Plymouth. But you know, worth that lurking. Yeah. Um, should be a pretty good matchup there, rematch of last year's champ Division Two championship game. Yeah, uh, that's a fun game. Plymouth-Laconia, I mean, that's an age-old rivalry. Right. Um, Coach Cousins, you know, has been around for a long time and, and certainly knows what he's doing. And Coach Sanborn was on that Lenahan staff and has some history there. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, so let's take a look at Division Three too, here. Um, as we kind of move quickly over the the last two, you know, uh, an interesting week I think, uh, you know, because last week was the crossover weekend for uh, Division Three, so you had all of the schools from the north playing the schools from the south, mm -hmm. the one game of the year where they go out of the out of conference um, until the playoffs start. You know, I thought again the game I was at Campbell at, at Interlakes, I was stunned. I, I got to say during that first half that. I mean, Campbell did whatever it wanted to, running the ball on offense. Um, the defense was defense was good in the first half. It was great in the second half. I had him giving up nine yards uh, to Interlakes in that second half. Yeah. A part of that was was um, you know the Lakers lost some yards on a bad snap on a punt, um, but By still, still but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other one was I would have to say was. Uh, Newport Winnesquam, which I, again, I guess if, if we're talking about surprise 0 2 teams here, um, Winnesquam has got to be in, in that category for me out of Division 3. Um, yeah. You know, that Newport goes on the road and beats them 49 nothing after, you know, only scoring 14 points the week before in a win against Kearsarge. Um, that just, that kind of caught me by surprise. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not familiar with, win, uh, with Winnesquam in terms of what they were bringing back this year. But I do know that that, that was a bit of a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Um, I, 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 I think you could argue that the Campbell interlake score is a bit of a surprise. I mean, oh, yeah. This is a Def pretty, yeah. Um, pretty respected program in terms of the success that they've had. Um, so credit to Campbell for, for going out and controlling the game like that for uh, – you know, I, I mean, obviously there's there's a, a ton of discipline and physicality involved in that in, in getting a win that complete that they got. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they they continue to develop. Um, yeah, I think their crossover game last year was with Monadnock, right? And, and that was two and, yeah. kind of battles of titans that you could get a yeah. sense for, um, you know, how they compared to one another. And and it'll be interesting to see because I think Monadnock is still one of those teams well, to yeah. watch. Yeah. Um, you know, the other one that got me kind of by surprise was Summersworth going not just on the road, but basically across the state, uh, probably taking back roads most of the way because neither, you know, 
going to Stevens, not exactly an easy place to get to. No, no um, not a lot of direct routes. No, and they go into, you know, Claremont and come out with a 35-8 win over the defending champs. Obviously, you know, Stevens took a hit in terms of graduation and losing players, but they were still, they're still a pretty good football team. Um, you know, and that kind of makes me circle that uh, Campbell at Summersworth game on October 13th and, and think that might be a, you know, potentially for the top seed in the division yep. you know, coming up here, depending on what happens with Monadnock and Newport on the other side. Yep. Yep. No, that'll be a good one. I think it's also worth mentioning the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, Fall Mountain. Getting getting week. their first win in a couple of years. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, I mean, you know, the, the amount of release and just, you know, joy that that program <laughs> yeah. must have felt in doing yep. that. I mean, hats off to them. It, it's, you know, to... To go out and for practice every week and to, to work as hard as you do and get coached up and and uh, and to not have the payoffs on Fridays and Saturdays is tough. So good on the Fall Mountain coaching staff and the kids. Congratulations. Hopefully you got some some more coming up in the future. But that's uh, that's good on them. Uh, well deserved. Real quick before we wrap everything up, I, w I did want to take a moment to kind of go over the uh, Union Leaders Power Poll, which. Mm. Um, once again this year, I've uh, been fortunate enough to secure a vote. They uh, they let me in on their party every you know uh, every once in a while. So now this year I do um, do have a vote in this. So this year's uh, or this week's poll I should say, which is the third one of the season. You got Bedford at number one, Salem number two, Exeter three, Pinkerton four, Plymouth from D two at five, Goffstown at six, Wyndham seven, Winnicott at eight, Nashua North, which. I'm. I will say that's the team. One team that's in this top ten that I don't have, uh, or maybe two teams. There's there a second team I don't have in mind. Uh, yeah, that is there is. Um, yeah, Nashua North and then Merrimack at ten. Um, you know, so kind of an interesting, uh, interesting group of teams there. I mean, it's kind of still. I think. You look at that, and it's all teams that are two and zero. Kind of a, a weird kind of mix at yeah. the time because it's none of them have played each other, so we don't really know. Yeah. It's tough to kind of rank. I think uh, I, um, my poll. Uh, I'm the one, uh, the lone dissenter, putting Salem at the top uh, of the poll there. The, yeah, the, that's an interesting um, choice. And then I've got Exeter at two, Bedford three, uh, Pinkerton four, Plymouth five. Uh, Merrimack. I've got Merrimack up at six. Uh, I guess I'm a little higher on them than uh, I might than have put Merrimack else. higher yeah. too. Yeah. Um, Goffstown at seven, Wyndham at eight, and then I have I have Londonderry and Campbell rounding out my poll instead of Winnicott and North. Um, yeah, easy mm -hmm. to overlook a D three team, but but uh, I think given the way that they've started out, yeah, you know, and it's I, I kind of so sometimes like to take that ten spot and just you know kind of recognize yeah recognize yeah. a D three school. You know, do I think that they're going to come up to, you know, travel over to Derry and 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 beat up on on Pinkerton or go out to Exeter and and beat up on them? No, um, yeah, not nine times know, out of ten anyway, probably. But. but I think that you know, given their size, their depth this year, you know, they could be competitive in yeah. D two. Maybe they could beat a couple D one teams. You know. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, you know, I look at the. I I could be convinced of that top five as being pretty accurate. I, I um, you know, I've seen I've seen all of those teams except for Plymouth. Um, you know, I might invert Exeter and Pinkerton, mm -hmm. um, right. just because I think. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's I'm, I'm it now I'm trying to justify that. I'm like, <laughs> oh, because Exeter's pretty good too. Um, yeah, yeah very similar, right? They both play good defense. They both can, they can both cram the ball. Um, 
you know, so it's an interesting list. There's, there's, uh, it'll, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it changes with some of the key matchups this weekend right. because Which, there's a lot going on. Yeah, because we look at this right now, and you got Bedford is playing Winnicott, uh, Salem playing Pinkerton, and Exeter playing Goffstown. So we got three matchups right there, teams that we just, you know, listed off here. So yeah, we'll either solidify the position yeah. or there's gonna be a lot of there's gonna be a lot of change in this yep. uh, over the next week. Well. Mike, that's just about all the time we've got today. I just want to go give a little quick rundown on uh, stuff that's going to be coming up the rest of this week. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I uh, did a little deep dive on, uh, you know, playoffs, uh, football playoffs. What does 0-2 really mean for you? Uh, the hint is it's not good, uh, but not a not a certainly not a nail in the coffin. You can, can check that out uh, on the website tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow we'll also have a couple games covered uh, going up on Thursday. Nashua South at Bishop Girton Volleyball and Exeter at Merrimack Field Hockey. Friday, of course, we'll have previews of all of the games in the state uh, coming up this weekend. And the games we'll be covering for you, Nashua South at Merrimack, Nashua North at Londonderry, St. Thomas at Sauhegan, and Kingswood at Conval all on Friday. And then on Saturday, the uh, the big one in Division One, Pinkerton at Salem. And then another nightcap, uh, Timberlane at Bishop Girton. So for uh, Coach, thanks again for for stopping in and absolutely and thank you glad you are uh, back at almost 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent so am i <laughs> yeah. uh this is joe marcellina thanks again for listening and we will talk to you next week